0: today, we have a really cool special guest. (laughs) We have with us Dana Grimaldi. Did I say it right? Am I saying your last name right? Yes. Oh, look. Okay, look at me. Okay, Dana, tell us what you do, because you're a rock star in our eyes, but we'll let you tell it.
1: Oh, so I'm an editor at Harlequin, uh, and I work on the heartwarming and D.A.R.E. programs. And I also manage the um, mystery and suspense reprint program
0: really interesting (laughs) just got cooler (laughs) (laughs) so can you share with us how you got into have you always been a romance reader let's start there how did you get into romance
1: yeah so i started reading romance um it probably started with high school music class uh there's a couple times where my friends and i were in practice rooms and instead of practicing someone pulled out a nora roberts book and started to read out loud and i remember nothing about the book itself just it was like a whole lot of fun so not too long after that i got a regency romance from my local library they had like a sale table where you could get you know the 25 cent books and um, I loved it. It was The Glitter and the Gold by Marion Chesney. It was a regency, so dresses. And also it was a marriage of convenience, but with this like really funny twist where the hero and the heroine thought they were marrying like a wealthy partner to save their family, but actually neither of them had any money. So once they realized that, they kind of set out to find a proper match for each other, but then end up falling in love. And and after that, I was just hooked.
2: We know from following you online that you are an editor at Harlequin, specifically working as an editor for Dare and Heartwarming. Can you share with us what your journey into the world of publishing was like? And how did you venture into editing for Harlequin?
1: Yeah, so I ended up in publishing in sort of a roundabout way. Uh, In school, I studied English and history and also journalism. Uh, But then I realized I didn't want to be a journalist and i had always loved reading which is not a huge surprise since my mom is a retired english teacher uh, and i had enjoyed i had enjoyed the copyediting course that i took in journalism school so i applied for a, like a small publisher who put out how-to books it's like you know how to train your puppy that kind of thing and i worked there for a little while and then i saw this opening at harlequin in the proofreading department and i applied and got in so I was a proofreader there for a couple of years, and then a copy editor for the website, uh, harlequin.com, which back at that point was eHarlequin. Yes. And then I started as an editorial assistant on Heartwarming and Gold Eagle, and then just kind of stayed in the editorial department after that.
0: So we have a, we have quite a few listeners who are new to category romance, which is exciting. For anyone who has yet to read the Heartwarming series, And for any aspiring writers who may be listening and who are wanting to possibly submit their work in progress to Harlequin, but are unsure if their story is a fit for the series, how would you describe it to them?
1: So, heartwarming books are really contemporary romance with a focus on family and community. Uh, They're wholesome or clean or sweet, which Mm -hmm. means there's no swearing, no graphic violence, and a really low level of sensuality, so hugs and kisses only. They're not inspirational, so there's no religious content, but they are, like, uplifting and hopeful.
0: Yeah, Sarah and I did, like, a live show on her YouTube channel this past weekend, and we had a couple of viewers that are interested in heartwarming, but they were kind of getting them mixed up with Love Inspired. Like, that wasn't quite what they wanted, and we're like, no, it's different. <laughs> 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 it is different. Um On the Bright for Harlequin website, um, the heartwarming spotlight video discusses what the series is looking for and mentions small towns and or a focal point around which a community can be based has the emphasis on community always been a strong sought out element for this series? And in this particular video, it lists, it's listed under what our readers look for section. How does the team, the heartwarming team connect with its readers to understand what it is from the series that they are looking for that then to then provide that information to aspiring writers?
1: Yeah. So community has always been an important part of heartwarming books, partly because they're longer stories. So there's 70,000 words to fill, So there's lots of room for the writers to create these subplots that explore relationships between the central couple and then the family and friends. And it's also kind of an issue of world building. Like we've got such talented authors and heartwarming who create these welcoming small towns that feel so real. And it creates this really rich reading experience from book to book where there's places like the local cafe or the town square. And then people, so the secondary characters that become familiar and seeing them again from like book to book to book really creates this like emotional resonance. Um, And then in terms of readers, we do love to hear from readers um, and we get some feedback from like the customer service team will sort of forward on if they get like a letter. Uh, A few years ago, we actually did a survey where we sent uh, survey to the heartwarming readers, like everyone who subscribed to the book club. And that kind of pretty much confirmed what we thought that the readers were happy, you know, with the lengths of the books, uh, with the settings and the hooks and that kind of thing. But we don't really like tell our writers what to write. They're pretty much the ones coming up with the settings and the characters yeah. and the stories.
2: Yeah. Just last night, I finished reading uh, *Bright on the Run by Anna J. Stewart, which is part of the Butterfly Harbor Mm-hmm. And it was my first in that series, but it's the ninth, I believe. And I'm like, I need to read all of them now. Cause this town, <laughs> it's like another character. Really? Like mm-hmm. you, like you said, like you get to know the local cafe. And in this case it's an inn and uh, it was absolutely wonderful. I really, really loved it. Love that small town atmosphere. Oh, Anna J. Stewart is so
1: fantastic. That's so great.
2: Yeah. It was fantastic. Um The heartwarming series released its first two books in June of 2013, Innkeeper's Daughter by Marie Farinella and Winning Amelia by Ingrid Weaver. Can you share with us how this series came to be? Prior to the heartwarming series, we have today there was a heartwarming reissue series was there any connection between the two? Uh, yes and i kind
1: of have to say like i'm wondering if there's like one of those paintings in the harlequin office where like <laughs> the eyes are like are you guys just behind there <laughs> <laughs> so um in 2010 the marketing team who works on our book club the harlequin reader service kind of noticed that inspirational romance was selling really really well And they wanted to see if there was an appetite for a series that had like a similar heat level, so low sensuality, but wasn't inspirational. So they wanted to sort of test the concept with the Backlist program. Um,
0: For a long time- Sarah,
1: we were right. Yep. (laughs) We've been sharing
0: series, and Sarah mentioned that and I was like, ooh, that sounds really smart. I bet
1: that's (laughs) it. Um, So for a long time, they were just sort of calling it Harlequin Wholesome and uh, at one point there was like a contest asking employees to help name the new series. I'm not sure how they landed on heartwarming because it was sort of just before I joined editorial, um, but they sort of got the concept and the name and started pulling books from the backlist that were sort of close to what we wanted the new series to be. Mm-hmm. So titles from Super Romance and Love Inspired, and then we were editing them for the new guidelines. So say so for Super Romance, we were sort of toning down the sensuality gave them fresh covers and started marketing them and selling them. And then there was enough interest that after nearly two years or so, uh, we decided to start acquiring original books for the program.
0: Wow. Wow.
2: That is awesome.
0: So the series just reached its eighth year, which is amazing. How would you say the series has changed throughout the years?
2: Um,
1: it hasn't changed a lot. Like the core editorial focus is still the same. There's been some changes along the way, like along with the general trends and culture. Uh, For example, some of the first books that we acquired had a premise involving, say, reality TV, which is something that we don't see so much of now. But the packaging has definitely changed. There's a lot more of a focus on the hooks. So in the early days, you might have a title, something like The Heart Remembers, like something sort of Bit vague and more general. And now that same book um, would probably have a title that emphasizes the hooks a lot more like single mom, second chance romance, that kind of thing.
2: Uh, you wrote a fantastic blog post for the, on the write for Harlequin blog, giving editor advice on writing romance obstacles. You encourage writers to uh, force their characters to make tough decisions. As an editor, what do these tough decisions that need to be made add to the story? So for me, uh, watching characters make tough decisions
1: is really like one of the most exciting parts of a story. There's a book on screenwriting called Robert, or book on screenwriting by Robert McKee called Story. And I talk about it probably all the time because I love it so much. Um, but in that book, he talks about how one of the fundamental parts of storytelling is the idea that things are not what they seem. And it's sort of true in storytelling because it's true in life. So one of the joys of reading is meeting a character who seems to be one thing. And then through their actions, their choices is revealed to be something else. So, for example, uh, one of the things I love about Dare is how there are these strong, protective alpha heroes who have this sort of hidden tenderness, these kind of marshmallow insides.
0: Well, since we're talking about Dare, how was it writing on... I mean, editing for D.A.R.E. and Heartwarming. Heartwarming, yeah. (laughs) I love both, but they are totally different.
1: How did that happen? It's a a very different headspace to be in. You kind of have to take off the one hat and and put on the other. (laughs) Um, Because in in Heartwarming, it's like, it's just, you know, hugs and kisses only. That's it. Um, And then D.A.R.E., it's just sort of like almost anything goes. So it's it's a really nice... um, It's
0: like a nice variety. So now that it's closed, are you going to just focus on
1: heartwarming or will you start working on another series? So for me, I'm doing heartwarming. I also have a couple HQN authors and also the mystery suspense program. And then um, there's also a couple of, I don't know what to call them, sort of like limited continuity kind of series that are coming out that I've been working on. So like the Love Inspired Mountain Rescue and Love Inspired uh, Cold Case. I've had a few books with that. And those are just so
2: exciting and fantastic, too. I've seen those on the uh, Love Inspired website. (laughs) I'm excited about those coming out. Oh, they're so good. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I can't wait. Um, We know as readers that the books we are seeing released now were written one to two years ago. Can you share what the Heartwarming Series has in store for 2022?
1: Yes, I'm going to cheat a little bit because a couple of the books that I'm really excited about are coming out at the end of 2021. Fair enough. Uh, mm-hmm. Amy Denman is starting a new series called Return to Christmas Island. Uh, the mm-hmm. first book is called I'll Be Home for Christmas, and it's out in October 2021. And it's about this woman who's spending the entire summer on Christmas Island as a companion for Flora Winter, who's like a wealthy older woman. And it's just sort of this gorgeous, idyllic summer getaway thing that Amy Demon does so well. But there's also like a mystery subplot where the heroine actually works for Flora Winter's company. And she's trying to figure out whether someone is targeting Flora for her money. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that one is just great. And then in December 2021 is the last book in Patricia Johns' Second Chance Club miniseries. Mm -hmm. It's called Snowbound with her Mountain Cowboy. And it's a forced proximity. So the hero and heroine are trapped together in a winter storm. Uh, It's got this gorgeous setting. It's like a beautiful mountain resort. And the husband uh, has amnesia. So even though he can't remember the heroine, his ex-wife, he just starts falling right back in love with her. And she's trying to keep her distance because of all the reasons they never worked out. But he's just like endearing (laughs) amnesiac. (laughs) So. (laughs) <laughs> and that mini series is like one of my favorites from Patricia Johns because um, each book sort of has a subplot involving this like group of women who form the Second Chance Dinner Club, mm-hmm. and it's all about like friendship and supporting each other and getting mm-hmm. through the hard things that life throws your way, and then finding like joy and beauty on the other side. So that one is just fantastic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then an actual twenty twenty two. There's going to be a new Blackwells continuity starting in August. uh, Oh,
0: that's my series.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the series that got my first heartwarming series. (laughs) Oh, well, you're going to love this one. Uh, It's written by the same authors who did all the Mm -hmm. previous installments. So Melinda Curtis, Amy Vastine, Carol Ross, Carolyn Webb, and Anna J. Stewart. And the setup for this one involves, it's like a family. So it's cousins to the Montana Blackwells trying to sort of save the town of Three Springs, Wyoming, from developers.
0: Oh, so excited. Very excited. <laughs> oh, I just so, love the series. Okay, walk us through the process because I've never written a book, and I may, may never, and if I do, it probably will never get sent your way. So <laughs> you get, I'm hypothetically, I submit a book that I want to be part of Heartwarming. How you get it? How do you know? Is there like guidelines you have of like this is what readers want, or do you have you like been doing it so long that you know? Like I send you something that sounds like it could be part a good heartwarming, but there's like something missing, and you know what readers want. Like, do you? How are? How do you know? if it's going to be a good fit or not, like what are the things that are working and and don't work? Like what do readers want to see and what don't they want to see? And then for you as an editor, like when do you know, like let's take a chance on this because it sounds good and it's, it may be different from what readers want, but let's take a chance on it.
1: Does any of that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) the main, there's sort of maybe three sort of main things I'm kind of looking for. So um the first one is kind of the writing sort of is the writing strong enough um is it at sort of like a level where where it's it's you know working basically Mm -hmm. um and then also is it a category romance so you'll Mm -hmm. get you know submissions where there's a romance but the plot takes place over the course of 10 years
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it's just like no these are short books you yeah. have to <laughs> yeah you got to get going there's yeah. not we don't have 10 years to you know <laughs> to watch this epic saga saga um so it's like is it a category romance and then is it a heartwarming like does it fit the series guidelines so you know is the heat level right is it seventy thousand words is it a romance between two main characters with a nice strong subplot What is the conflict? Is the conflict a strong emotional conflict that's going to keep the hero and heroine apart until the end of the book? Mm -hmm. Or is it sort of an episodic story where there's little tiny things keeping them apart? So a problem crops up and it's fixed and another one crops up and it's fixed. So sort of structurally, does it kind of work for the series and the length?
0: And you mentioned you run like the mystery Is it reprints?
1: Yeah, so it's it's another one of the uh, book club kind of offerings. Um, So basically, we take books, mystery or suspense books that have been already published in other formats. So say they were published in ebook or hardcover or trade paperback or in other markets. So maybe published in the UK. And Mm -hmm. we do like the first time mass market version of the book for the, the North American book club. Oh, so we do like new covers and the covers are just gorgeous. Um, so yeah, so it's a lot of fun. So it's a lot of just sort of like going through books that are submitted to us where the rights are available and then picking like a nice mix for each month and getting to brief the art directors on what the cover needs to have in it. So yeah.
0: Would I have seen one of these before in the store?
1: No, cause they're not at retail. So they're just available um, it's like just a direct program so they're if you like sign up for a subscription through reader service or they're also available on harlequin.com you can get the the print books from there
2: so those okay. would be the ones under the special releases
1: they're under so the program's called worldwide mystery and actually it's under imprints gotcha if you go okay. on the main page uh, worldwide mystery you, you click sort of the drop down from books and then imprints and then it's on that page because it's awesome. Like the way we organize books, it's technically a single title program rather than a series.
0: Okay. Okay. Makes sense. So we had like a month or so ago, our great Harlequin heartwarming mystery. Because I bought a book that said Harlequin Western on it. And I didn't realize it until I was already into it. And I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, no big deal. But it was confusing. So how does that happen?
1: So basically what is happening is... We're trying to expand the readership of Heartwarming by making some of the Heartwarming books, the ones that have like a Western story, available in Walmart, and I think it's other retailers too now, as a retail program. So we're sort of taking some of the books that are very strongly Western. They're using the branding, I think, like Harlequin Western, and they're putting them at retail to kind of expand the readership of Heartwarming.
0: Yeah, because I, I, I've bought... Surprisingly, because I feel like I never see heartwarming in the store. But I've bought one that just said Harlequin Heartwarming. I think it was their second chance cowboy. Mm-hmm. And then I bought um Kit Hawthorne's Coming Home to Texas. And that's the one that I, I get at home and I'm like, this says Harlequin Western. What's <laughs> going on? Is there a new series? <laughs> we were afraid. We thought heartwarming was ending. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what drives that decision? is Are the stores reaching out to you guys and are like, hey, people want more of this? Like what what pushes that to happen?
1: I don't know a lot about this because it's more on this like sales marketing side of things. But I do know that they are definitely in communication with stores like Walmart and they say, you know, this is selling really well. Do you have more of this? That kind of thing.
2: So they'd also be the ones who would make the decision what is sold in stores and what is only available on the website or on online, right? Because we don't get a, like, I know that you're in Canada as well. We don't get everything in our Walmarts. So I guess that's a sales decision on what gets sold in the store and what doesn't.
1: I think the stores all decide. So like for, so for heartwarming, like, um, so basically, Harlequin has, you know, three channels of distribution. There's retail in the stores, there's ebooks, and there's our book club, like the direct to consumer reader service book club. And Heartwarming is just available through the book club and through okay. um, e-book. And I guess also like e-tailors like Amazon, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So in terms of things like that, the decision is with us. But I think with everything else, like stores decide how many series they want to pick up.
0: So I just feel like I need to go and leave sticky notes in the Walmart that are like, "Hey, ask for more of this so we can have more access to it in the store."
1: Yeah, you definitely could.
0: <laughs> I would just I I was shocked. Like it was on the bottom row and I was like, that's because I literally had it in my cart. It's like, I'll like make a cart. And then I'm like, let me go to the store just to see if it's there. And I like, can compare prices. I can either get it now or I can just, you know, use the sale and wait like a couple weeks. And I was so shocked. I messaged Sarah. I'm like, there's three heartwarmings in Walmart. Said you
2: lucky thing. <laughs> I'm like, what do I
0: need to do to get these here every month? So, I just might do that. <laughs>
2: Mm -hmm. because yeah the western is I find it's big I mean I found heartwarming because when American romance or western romance line ended I loved that series or that line so much and when it ended I had found Kathy McDavid was writing for heartwarming and I immediately went yes please because you know it's an author I was familiar with so I do in a small way see some similarities between the two of them mostly Mm -hmm. with the western stories but of course the heartwarmings are much longer much more involved and yeah i really really enjoy them
1: oh if you like kathy mcdavid she has a mountain rescue coming up for the love inspired program that's so good
2: oh yay oh i can't wait (laughs) so all of your heartwarming
0: authors are north american right
1: maybe Uh, i know they're they're from all over the place
0: really so where is heartwarming found
1: everywhere Um, I think it's only like in terms of, in terms of print distribution, it's sort of, it's on Amazon and it's wherever the book club Mm -hmm. distributes to, which I think Mm -hmm. is North America only. Okay. And the authors are mostly probably, you know, Canada, US, but I, I'm sure there are some in other countries too. Okay. So
0: how is that for you? Like when you had, um, dare, like I'm thinking off the top of my head, I love Rachel Stewart. I know she's across the water love Jackie Ashenden I think she's like New Zealand or something how is that for you like with authors that aren't here (laughs) I know like (laughs) one is like six hours ahead of us at the least so
1: uh it's it can be there's like a bit of a time delay sometimes so it's the same thing where like so there are three different offices for Harlequin there's New York Toronto and uh, London so sometimes if you're trying to get a hold of your colleague in London, you send them an email, and then you get the reply at like 3am. So there's just a bit of a delay sometimes. And then, yeah, so it's the same thing with the authors. The only real tricky thing is like, if we're ever trying to uh, book, uh, like a, like a meetup, like a dare author meetup, uh, we've had a few at sort of weird times, just because, you know, it's sort of like, it's midnight for the people in Australia, but that that's the only time when we can kind of get everyone together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Somebody <laughs> has to get get the shaft.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what are you, what can we, can you share anything about, well, we already talked about what's to come in 2022. So like, what are you, can you give us a hint? Like, what is something that you're excited for now that you're seeing or that you've been working on?
1: Well, I mentioned sort of the two, like heartwarming or sort of generally everything. Generally, yeah. (laughs) How many projects
0: do you work on at once? Do you try to do one thing at a time? Uh, You
1: can't really because there's all kinds of books at all kinds of different stages of uh, production. So you kind of have to jump back and forward from book to book. But you kind of, like I'll try to at least finish reading one book, say... So if I'm reading a book for revisions, read that book, write my revision notes before sort of trying to read something else. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited about Amy Denman's new Heartwarming mm-hmm. series. Patricia Johns, she's wrapping up the one, the Second Chance Club. She's got a new series coming that I'm really excited for as well. Mm-hmm. It's uh, We've been calling it Amish Adjacent because it takes place in sort of Amish country, but the main characters are not themselves Amish. It's sort of like neighbors, ranch ranch neighbors. Okay. And that one has gonna have like a bit of a mild romantic suspense, kind of a subplot feeling to it. I'm really yeah. excited about that one. <laughs> and then the the love inspired stuff. So I just, I'm just finishing working on um, a cold case book by Susan G. Hino, which is just fantastic. I think this is her first book for Harlequin and it's so good. It's like a cold case mystery in a small town with the sheriff and uh, it's so great. And also Kathy McDavid has the mountain rescue book that I'm, I'm reading now and it's so good too. I just, I um, was one of the things I really loved when I was a proofreader, like you got to read all the different series all the time. So you got to read a lot of like love inspired suspense and that was, they're always so good so it's really exciting to be able to do some of that again, as an editor. So do you you work with Love Inspired too? This is sort of the first the first um, editing that I've done with them for this sort of like limited continuity program.
0: You are a busy woman. <laughs> We're seeing like we see that that series is getting beefed up like yeah
2: big time. Is it
0: just the crazy world that we've been living in, or how? I mean. I can tell that this series has always been a big deal, but especially with all the changes that we see coming, where is like kind of the push for that? Are people saying like, hey, we want more from this series specifically because we see like some like women's fiction titles that are coming out in the fall that like sound amazing. Um, So we're really excited. But like, where does, is that again, like reader feedback?
1: I think it's, I can't speak super specifically to this because like I'm not, on like the Love Inspired editorial team, like I'm not sort of sitting in their meetings and getting all their Mm -hmm. intel. But my guess would be that it's just sales, that it's just the books are selling really well. So they're sort of seeing how much more of an appetite there is. So like I know the Love Inspired trade program is coming up pretty soon Mm -hmm. and everyone's really excited about that. Uh, So yeah, I would say it's it's mostly sort of seeing what's, popular in the marketplace and what's selling and sort of acting based on that
0: there is power in spending your money
2: (laughs) absolutely there is absolutely (laughs) if you
1: enjoy it
0: buy it that's right it (laughs) makes it it helps inspire decisions got it
2: or the library too or the library yep yeah Just show your love, leave reviews, all that other great stuff.
0: (laughs) Are you ready to do some fill in the sentence, like some (laughs) get-to-know-more-about-you questions?
2: Yes. The last book I read that wasn't for work was?
1: I'm currently reading Arsenic and Adobo
2: by uh, Mia
1: P. Maninzala. It's it's really great. I love it.
2: I have that on hold at the library. Um, My favorite clothing attire is?
1: Oh hoodies! Oh nice. <laughs> they're warm. They're cozy. If your head gets cold, you can just they're cover poor. it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, one movie I will never stop watching is Oh Clue the movie.
1: Ooh, yes, really. I just
2: loved. rewatched
1: it like two days ago. I was like, it's so good. <laughs> so, there was one year where um, a bunch of us dressed up as like the cast of Clue the movie for the Harlequin. A Halloween costume contest and we won I have to say
2: that is awesome
1: <laughs> wait who were you I was Mrs. White
2: okay nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, my celebrity crush as a teenage girl was uh and McGregor probably that's gonna I guess date me to, the, to when I was in high school but...
0: <laughs> we're all friends here we don't poke fun at age no no <laughs>
2: Um, And One Hill I Will Wholeheartedly Die On is? Oh, that's a really tough one.
1: I guess I hate it when people describe sort of plot-driven stories versus character-driven stories as if one is, like, better than the other. Um, And also sort of speaking, like, speaking as if plot and character can be siloed away from each other. Mm -hmm. I really think that, like, you know, character is demonstrated through actions, not just thoughts, the internalization they have. And plot forces characters to react, and how they react drives the plot. So I just feel like you can't really separate them like that.
2: Rapid fire. Ebook, audiobook, print book. What is your preferred reading method? Oh, ebook. I'm with you on that one. You can make the font bigger. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, when you get manuscripts, are they digital?
1: Yeah. <gasps> yeah, we don't really get a lot of print anymore we we used to Mm -hmm. um but i i don't think i don't know if we sort of say digital only i think we might still accept print manuscripts but but mostly they're all digital now
0: so when we hear of this like mythological slush pile it's digital like a bunch of inbox notifications it's it's (laughs) submittable wow
1: okay it's good because you know submittable it can't it can't get lost in the cracks somewhere it's all tracked and it's it's uh it's not gonna it's not gonna get i don't know fall between the cracks of someone's desk yeah yeah
0: does someone filter what you see or if somebody submits it to heartwarming you're going to see it.
1: So if someone just submits to heartwarming generally, it'll go to our EA Mm -hmm. and they'll sort of direct out who's going to give it the first read, that kind of thing. But if someone submits and says, I would like to submit this manuscript to Dana, then it will come to me specifically.
2: What's one of your favorite romance tropes to read? Oh, fake relationship. Definitely.
0: Love. It's so fun.
2: <laughs> it is so
1: fun.
0: Makes for perfect rom-coms. Yes. <laughs>
2: um, you decide you want takeout for dinner tonight. Where do you order from and what do you order? Oh definitely uh, my local sum restaurant
1: mm-hmm. and I would be getting barbecue uh steam barbecue pork buns.
2: If you could bring back one category romance series, which series would it be? Oh dare. They're so fun. <laughs> Fun, sexy, strong heroines.
1: They're just the best. Yep.
0: I hate to say dare because this is I mean, it's when we're recording this, it's still in and it just makes me realize that next month I could really be like, bring it back because we're not getting <laughs> <kidding>. it. <laughs> Can we please? I mean, I don't know what whose door I need to knock on, but we need another dare ish, temptationist series i'm just yes. saying
2: yeah <laughs>
1: i'll i'll see what i can do i'll pass that feedback along. Because we, we all in a trial loved it too so sarah and
0: i just have this joke that like harlequin would never let us in the building because somebody up there is gonna be <laughs> yeah. like here she goes wanting to bitch about dare
2: <laughs> or in my case blaze because i miss the blaze line so much <laughs> oh i
1: love blaze too
2: yeah Yep. When uh, there was one day I was
1: six months maybe into working at Harlequin as a proofreader and someone asked me in the kitchen what my favorite series to read was and I said, oh, probably Blaze. Like I had just read a really good Blaze so it was, you know, top of mind. And she was like, oh, and it was the senior <laughs> editor for Blaze.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I was like, phew. Yeah. Got that one right. <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it
0: <laughs> well we have just been so excited to chat with you so yes. thank you for letting us start our day with you and chat all things heartwarming we mm-hmm. love it so much
1: <laughs> no thank you so much for having me it's been a lot of fun yeah yes
0: do we have any day de- whose like debut heartwarming has come out this year um, any like new authors we can shout out?
1: Uh, I don't know off the top of my head.
0: What is the one um, that I just got? The firefighter one. Was that her
1: debut? Jacqueline Thomas? It might, it might be her debut Heartwarming. I think she's written for other series before, but that might be her first Heartwarming.
0: Yeah. The oh gosh, Heartwarming is killing it with the covers. Oh my god! Um, oh yeah, that's a
1: great cover. <laughs> the <laughs> 4th of
0: July one, Man from Montana. I was like, I don't even know what these are about but we're
2: going to add
1: it to the Kindle.
2: <laughs> I can't say no to a smiling dog on the cover.
1: <laughs> oh, I know what you mean.
0: <laughs> so where on, I mean, you're pretty active on Twitter. Is there anywhere else that, I mean, you, you write the wonderful blogs for the Harlequin website. Um, are those the two main places people can keep up with you?
1: Yeah, that's that's the main sort of, Uh, online places where I am right
0: now we will have that listed in the show notes definitely check it out Uh, so you can keep up with Dana she's incredible she's a busy woman
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) so thank you for chatting with us today and Sarah and I will chat with you guys in our next episode